Hi, all my buddies. This is First Captain Bicker of the We Free Men, here to remind you that drugs are bad and pizza is awesome. Thanks, Bicker. Hey, You're Bicker. Welcome. Are you are you friends with two? With no, it's with yes. All fairies <laughs> know each other. Yes, absolutely right. Yes, racist. Yeah, I was about to say that's super duper racist. Just because he's a fairy doesn't mean he knows every other fairy in the world. I'm a fairy. I don't know. I'm a fairy. And I'm I only know you because you pointed a gun a at me. No one cares, Rowan. <laughs> Hi, all my buddies. Hi, Hi, Mr. Hills. Welcome once again to Semi-Auto Magic, Inc. What could generously be described as a Dresden Files-flavored, fate-accelerated RPG podcast, which is a lot of descriptors in one sentence. It sure is. <laughs> I we need an anagram for it. We don't. Uh, I've just been calling. I've just been calling it Smagic because it's easier. Um, I, for my sins, am the DM Casey CW. Some of them call me. Um, who's that? Who's that? Yeah, when I ask him to, man's got a right to be called what he likes. <laughs> he does. Whereas women have the right to be called what men like. No. Anyway, no. exactly. That was. Yeah, that, thank you, Dylan. Thank you. <laughs> I think I just introduced Dylan. Hi, Dylan. Hi there. How's it going? How was that? How was that sip of beverage you just took? Was that refreshing? It was. Right on. And, uh, Nobody can still see my face. It's true. Yeah, we don't have a webcam. We should get one. I don't know. I don't know that Sony and Jackie aren't just one extremely talented voice actor. Which I am. We're actually a two-headed uh, uh, dragon creature. Interesting nice. production note. Like. I'm really surprised at how, and this probably just comes from all of us knowing each other uh, before we split off to the four corners of uh, God knows where, um, but I'm actually surprised at how well this podcast works over Skype. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, well, Casey and I have uh, have some experience with doing RPGs. Oh, God. Cup. Good Sorry. Job. We're good. I dropped a cup. We're okay. Yeah. We we have a little bit of uh, experience doing D and D by Skype, so we know what not to do. <laughs> Which is don't do D and D by Skype. Fate, on don't the other do, hand, is fine. Don't do, don't do fourth edition by Skype with a bunch you, of improvers, most of which have it. very very like type A personalities. <laughs> uh, if you can help it, don't do fourth edition. I don't know what in any type event a personality means. Type A is is more of an aggressive personality. Type B is more passive. So and there are other descriptors as well. Type Type A are usually described to be um if you if you want to be glib and disrespectful to people who actually have this condition, you could say that Type A people are like the obsessive compulsive people or those who need everything to be just so the perfectionists that kind of thing. I see. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. Intro time. So we are gathered once again to play this game. Uh, remind me, guys, what happened last time? What did we do? Recap for me. Paint me a word picture. I went into the dark womb of accounting. You sure did. Who did you meet there? I met my best friend in the world, Johnny Vampire. Yes, you did. Oh, he's your best friend? It was a joke. No, that's some character development right there. (laughs) No, that's canon. Yeah. Well, whatever. Regardless of what Rowan believes, Johnny Vampire one hundred percent believes within his within his shriveled black unbeating diamond of a heart that Rowan is his best friend in the entire world. Oh, 
little bit psyched his mom? Uh, you know, maybe even. His mom is his soulmate. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Ah. <laughs> Dylan, your face. That ah. escalated quickly. Whoops. Yes, uh, we went to the dark womb of accountancy. We learned some things. Um, Solomon returned some items to a gentleman who turned out not to be all that he seemed. It, yeah, that was and, weird. Yeah, um, and the the gang got their hands on some speakeasies. It's true. Yeah, which is the worst idea on earth. I had tea with Karen. You sure did with Karen and accounting. Yeah. Uh, and formulated a plan wits. Oh, and we split the party. No, we did not. We, we thematically split the party. We thematically split uh, the party. Yeah. Uh, we decided that Rowan and Fiona would split shifts, um, watching January Oleander to figure out what her deal is during the summer. Um, and I went over to speak with Orion about, uh, crafting some kind of potion or other what's for defense against mind magic. Right. Which left, um, Punchy McHuge and, uh, Perogi, Perogi Dalai Lama to, um, I believe you guys assigned her to look at the gentleman who runs the quarry, yes? Right, yeah. Right, okay, so Peroa and Punchy on Joel Heck. Okay. And we decided cool, that we cool. would meet three days later at the Magic Bean. The Magic Bean. Also, I like that absolutely no one is certain, or rather everyone is certain but has different ideas of what they're certain about, as to whether it's the Magic Bean or Magic Beans. And I'd like to think that... Uh, it's both? It's like the story of Davy Jones. Same story, different versions, and all are true. So. And like, okay. e- even the storefront... Some days it's one, and some days it's the other, and no one, including Fiona, has any explanation for why or how. Yeah, exactly. It's not even days. Some some days you're there, and you look away, and you look back, and it's something different. Yeah, and when Fiona's yeah. asked, her response is, eh. Uh. Okay. Cool, her response cool. is, so then, what does the sign say? The, uh, there you <laughs> go. What does the sign say? There you go. I ain't here to read signs for you, sir. Right. No, I did that at Disneyland some kind for of... way too long. I'm not doing it anymore. So <laughs> before we before we start up on adventure shenanigans, I want to talk about my gear because I've spent time figuring this out, and okay. he's proud of it. But but it's also stuff that I need. Like I don't want to say this is what I have. I want to be like this is what I want to have, and then you know, KCSDM. It has veto. Veto or modification rights for the things sure. I've chosen. Yep. Got Vito Corleone. Let's do it. Yeah. What okay. you got? So first well, and, one... and, it, and it makes sense that Rowan would have taken these three days to, to get all his uh, equipment together, whereas, you know, in the previous little while, he's just kind of been hurled higgledy-piggledy into so, adventure. So, so yeah. Uh, got? First thing I want to talk about is my weaponry. Uh, I have uh, Natasha... Uh, first off, my my handgun uh, that was my father's uh, from the Soviet Union. Uh, standard handgun, nothing fancy about it. At Is all. it a Romanova Mark II? I, I don't know. I think I said it was going to be a Kalashnikov, but okay. I'm not entirely sure. That was a comic books joke. Oh, <laughs> I get it. There's Natasha Romanov, uh, Black Widow. Anyway. Uh, um, now, now here's my other ones, and I think these are pretty cool. Uh, and I want you. This is where I'm going to give you veto power. First one, I mean How number kind. two, squirt gun, Casey. 
filled with anything in particular or water water oh yeah because rowan has water powers doesn't he yep yeah so i think it's really because because i feel like rowan you know growing up with him yeah yeah like uh i mean it's modified like it's not like a super soaker but it like anyways rowan comes from the like like Minkus had in that cello case at the end of that one episode of yeah. Boy Meets World. Yeah. yeah. Uh uh it's Rowan comes from a a well I'm thinking more like a water pistol. Like sure. like uh modified of course. Uh of course. So that it, it holds more than uh it has any right to. Uh, a tablespoon of water. <laughs> uh okay. yeah. cool. That makes me real happy. Okay, uh, and then I, you know, if if you want to say that when I use it, uh, it does add to my phase stress track, which you also need to uh, let me know what's going on with yeah, that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, actually, because I have a couple of ideas. Okay, uh, and, so that... and whether or not whether or not that'll add to your phase stress track depends on how you use it naturally. Right. Um, which which also. Uh, and I need a clarification on actual series lore. Um, water is it running water that that kind of yes. disperses magic? Okay. Yes, it's running water, um, but something like rain counts. Um, yeah. It's not quite as um, it's not quite as detrimental as say trying to cross a river with your magic, but uh, right. rain has a dampening effect. And okay, I see that, what you did there. <laughs> and that um runs runs into some weird territory when you start talking about a super soaker because that is water with kinetic energy. So Exactly. So right. active water versus passive water. Right. So I mean that's going to be up to you and and maybe this is something that I would have to roll for to see if if it works, if it happens. Yeah, well we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens when it tries to happen and something else to keep in mind is that uh fairy magic is notoriously weird and inconsistent from the point of view of uh human and relatively human magic users. So who's but, who's to say that Go ahead. Uh my my idea is that that like if I were to like pull the trigger on my water pistol, uh if I were to exert enough force into it, I can you know, if I wanted to be a super powerful stream, I could do that. If I wanted to have like each individual drop, like have the force and speed of almost like a bullet, so it's almost like sure. shooting a regular gun, just without the ammo, which I right. think works them- thematically. Like it's really just something cool that I could use that that may have some useful effects, but is basically a gun, uh, right? Made of water. Um, yeah. Number two. Uh, this is where where I'm really leaving it up to your discretion. I want a I want a nail gun, uh, that shoots steel nails. Not um, iron. iron iron nails. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna have to veto that for both thematic and practical reasons because unless Rowan's got an extension cord <laughs> on him at all times. Well, no, like like it's 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 again like. Uh, like, cause it's pneumatics, like, you can, you can modify a regular gun or a, a, right. Uh, so I mean, like, uh, almost like a paintball gun kind of thing, uh, would work. But, like, again, this is, this is up to your discretion. I'm giving you the, the practicality of how I can make it practically work, but, right. Um, thematically, I know it's, it's still up to me. It's, and it's also difficult because I am Faye, 
Uh, yeah. Well, so then you get, start getting into weird territory of this is just a dude walking around with a nail gun. Exactly. Uh, what? Exactly. And and more than that, Rowan has historically throughout his character arc tried to suppress and ignore and downplay his fey nature and carrying around something that is essentially loaded with radioactive material for the fey people. Um, that's going to attract some attention from that corner of the world and more importantly would be would be very dangerous to him. Right. Um yeah, so and, and again what Dylan said, like if you're walking around with a squirt gun, you're a weirdo, but it's Landportlandia. So, yeah, yeah whatever. But right. it's 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 not only going to look weird, it's going to run into like security issues. So, if if you really want it, I mean it's going to make the world more interesting and I'm not just going to, you know, that's, say that's, no. that's that's where I'm kind of like and part of the, you know, I don't have to have it. That was just an idea when I was right. going through stuff. Because uh, I feel like Rowan is very much a a, and again, this is like like I was saying, it's kind of like his his sensibilities of of use what you can, uh, right, as opposed to which is why he carries a, a you know old ass gun as opposed to a modern right uh, better weapon. Yeah, it's it's not a bad idea, and I and I like it a lot. Um, I will I will say. That you can have either the squirt gun or the nail gun, so whichever no, the, one you like better. The squirt gun. <laughs> okay, then we'll go with squirt gun. And okay. also that if if you were to use that, like, I mean, that's that's a really cool idea um, of just using using iron nails and just plugging them into Fey folk. But like, that's not something that would go uh, unanswered by the Fey. Like that would it's it's been a consistent theme in the books that it's 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 not just something you do that it like. It destroys them, and it's like an offense to the Fey people. So that would attract a lot of attention. Right, which is kind of why I think like it would be cool because I don't really like the Fey, and right, abating them and keeping them happy is something I don't really care about. But we'll put a pin in that. Like if we yeah. can figure something we'll out, put later, a nail in that. Better that. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm certainly I'm certainly not saying no. You can never do that. I'm just saying that if you guys are going on stakeout and and stuff like that, that uh, the the squirt gun's probably a better choice. Okay, um, number three, I want I've been calling them magic vision goggles. They they work, and again, this this has to use like my magic whatever right. uh, with it, but uh, because I have my one with nature, it only works in nature. Uh, so when it comes to like being in a city. I I'm not the best at tracking uh, magical folk, uh, right. so this kind of uh, mimics uh, a wizard's sight. So, but I, I really feel like it's more like night vision goggles or infrared, where I can kind of like put them on and not really necessarily see them, but see where the concentrations of magic are. Uh, Dylan very, very clearly is very eager to say something, and I want to see how long he can hold on to that. So here's what I think. I'm joking. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, what if? Put it down, Dylan. What if you instead carry a dose of three eye? Oh yes! My yes, absolutely yes. Dylan, you which... need to stop giving me new moments in which I love you best. <laughs> my journal is running out of pages. So, so what is so? For the listeners at home who have not read the Dresden Files, three eye is a street drug which uh, gives vanilla humans the wizard sight. Um, 
by opening their third eye. And it forcibly. And as Dresden narrates, that's that's something you probably shouldn't do, guys. For a million reasons. For a lot of reasons. I think it would be really cool, like, also because of the effects that it has. Also, by the way, let's talk about uh, about stuff that is used once in the series and never talked about again. (laughs) Well, so that's... That's mainly because the the three eye production is destroyed by Johnny Marcone's um, right. uh, uh, operation, so that it makes sense why that doesn't come up again. Right. right. Okay. I'm totally down in Casey. Like, yeah. if you want to figure out what happens to me when 100%. I one hundred percent. Yeah, I'll say right off the bat that that won't affect your um your fey nature stress track even a little bit, but you're not going to have any control over what you see or I what sees you off. or no, you off. have to you have to wait for it to wear off. So yeah, I mean you you can't just be uh you can't just be popping the third eye every 20 minutes, but well, yeah, that's that's super cool. That makes me very And the other happy. part of it is that it's an addictive substance and that it is actively detrimental to your own health. So yeah, and it's really cool because we talk about my face stress track, but I also have a human side that yep. that isn't that isn't immortal and could get fucked up in in normal human ways. It could, um, and that's and that's something that we we very rarely talk about the actual mechanics of this game, except in narrative terms. And um, fate, the proper fate game, actually has separate physical and mental stress tracks. But Fate Accelerated boils it down into just three boxes. Um, so yes, if you were to if you were to use any three I, you would definitely take um, at least some stress. And the the consequence of that, there are consequences built into the thing. That I'm, I'm looking at the character sheets right now. But if you accrue enough stress, you are kicked out of the scene. Um, yeah. Although that's decided, you know, thematically. I I, I don't just you know, flick you off the, uh, off the board as it were. Okay. But yeah, that's cool. Um, okay. I got some standard things. Uh, well, one more thing. Uh, I want a, a, like a bladder of water. Uh, you guys can't see, but I'm doing it too. <laughs> uh, there's an invisible dance party happening. Uh, I want a bladder of water, uh, that I keep like on my back. Um, like a just... water skin. Yeah. A water skin. Like, but I like want it to like be ca- like, like Katara had. Like yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah so, I think a camelback would work better uh, than than like some fancy other thing. When I have a camelback. I got, I got I got really confused because there's some mountains and also streets and stuff out here called camelback, and I did not understand what was happening. Go ahead, Dylan. Um, a camelback uh, is just a backpack with like a water bladder inside of it and a straw that comes out oh. of it, so you can drink it. Um, well, there you- so you talked about wanting your your um, super soaker to have an extended capacity. So what if you have a modified like hose that attaches well, to that? That's that's oh, that's man. exactly why. That's the exactly the kind of extended capacity I was going for. I love um, you people so Dylan, much. We're on top of it today. But but we've also discussed that that Dylan the... has great ideas for other people's equipment. <laughs> Are um, you a little bitter, Casey? <laughs> Not even. It was just great because it was Dylan's idea to look at equipment <laughs> and figure stuff out. Uh, the 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 water itself is like as pure as I could get it. I don't know if you want to even say that the water is straight from the Never Never, uh, or no, absolutely not. Why not? No, that that because that is that is not because the Never Never isn't just another place. It's a place with a different nature and everything that's in it. Good. And the the books themselves make a very 
specific point about something from the Never Never existing in uh, the real world just dissolves into ectoplasm if it doesn't have something keeping it anchored. Okay. Yeah. So so then, uh, like, if you've got a water guy who who hooks you up. Like, I saw an episode of Going Deep with David Reese where he, he tried to get the purest water, like, physically, chemically possible. And he did. He went to a lab and they made him up some that was literally just hydrogen and oxygen and nothing else. And he said, uh, he, he tried some. And he said that it was indescribable, the, the sensation of drinking absolutely nothing. Um, but you're not supposed to do that because water is supposed to have other trace elements in it. And if you drink water that's too pure, it will leach trace elements from you. Whoa. Uh, uh, That's yeah. cool. Well, not, not like on a dangerous level, but like your iron levels are going to be low. But if that's all you drank, it would be bad news. Yeah, it would. would. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So don't, don't do that, kids, if you want to get some pure water. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Some sort of pure water, either. I think it's pure water not made in a lab, but from some really awesome natural source. Sure. Maybe not even in the United States, but somewhere. Russia! Uh, Russia. It's 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 melted from from the ice glaciers in Siberia. Right. The ice glaciers as opposed, you know, fire glaciers. Yeah, I'm yeah. Write that down. Fire glaciers. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh last um, things. Well, yeah, and like and like in um like in the Artemis Fowl books, um when is... they made different things important, there was a site called Terra that was the like the purest place the fairy folk could find on the planet that was as untainted and also magically attuned and stuff like that. So you can absolutely have water that's from like a magically attuned place, but you can't have just magic water. Okay. Uh, so the rest of the stuff is standard mercenary, whatever kind of gear you want to talk about. I have a grappling hook, which I don't think you'll mind. Uh, I can't have a grappling hook. I'm not, I'm not gonna say you can't have a grappling hook, Mabel. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, why not? Sure. I mean, like, uh, like, no, I mean, just, can... just take it, just take it, just take the grappling hook. What else have you got? Uh, uh a sniper rifle with a scope. Uh, and Which you carry I, where? In like, I have a like a, I, I don't know what you would call it. A uh, well, I have a car, a rux. No, I have a motorcycle, right? Yeah. I have like a, a holster on my car, like I have a rucksack, like I carry So like so when I get to the field my, I, I my grab question, the things I want. Right. My question Not, is like, is this just a thing you have with you at all times slung over your shoulder? No. Or no, is this, this like is, this in is an attache I, case that you have to bring with you? Yeah, this is something I have to like this is not something I carry around normally. This is like I'm on a mission right now. I'm about to do this. If I need this, and I'm not really talking about things I'm bringing right now. But rather things I have, so that when things get brought up and I need to establish what I do have, uh, we're not arguing about whether I have it or not. Fair. Um, and I have uh, my two my two bugs, which I don't have, but I have them. They exist, but you do not actively have them. On them right now, yeah, they're right. still at the Preston. Preston, they are. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah. um, and I thought it was just one. I thought it was just the scuttlebug. I thought it was two with different names, but whatever. What I have is what I have. Like whatever. No, somebody. Scuttlebug. I called him the Scuttlebuddy, which is a reference to another 
podcast, and you guys called him like fluffy milk and cookies or something. Fluffy sprinkles. <laughs> fluffy sprinkles. I have fluffy uh, sprinkles. I don't have them with me, but that's that's the other thing I have. All right, fair enough. Okay, okay cool. Um, you can have that stuff. I, I will say that, like, if you ever, yeah, I mean, you've got your magic stuff. If you ever use that sniper rifle, obviously the situation's going to escalate quickly. So. Um, okay. Well, it's also, it's also like, like sniper rifles are also used as binoculars sometimes for, for people who want to get arrested. Yeah. Well, Um, or people who kill people for a living Casey. So, which is what I do. If it is any kind of, uh, normal sniper rifle, the scope is probably detachable. So. So just bring the scope. Yeah. Well, I have a sniper rifle with the scope, which is why I didn't say I have a sniper rifle. I have a sniper rifle with the scope. Right. So the scope is scope is detachable, but I also have a sniper rifle if I need to do anything long distance. Um, and that's it for me. Uh, Jackie okay. has two things she wants to. I have two quick things: a retractable yeah. bow staff. Hell yeah! And like collapsible. Yeah. We were joking that it's in the shape of a a a. Co- portable coffee thermos. <laughs> oh, like the uh, like the like the, the bong, the, the bong from Cabin in the Woods. Yes. yes. Um, uh, yeah, actually, three, two, one, cannon. It's in the it's in the the shape of like a like a mug or a thermos or whatever you want. Okay, uh, and then uh, tea scented smoke bombs. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna say I have three of them, and they can refill within. Um, a game day. Oh, it would be really cool is is each of those smoke bombs have some sort of different effect. I was thinking of people. that based on based on the kind of tea they smell like. And and so, like like she can she can like inject her own fame magic into them. Yeah. So those things get amplified. Absolutely. I haven't decided the effects yet, but I have uh the one I have right now smells like Earl Grey and Rose. Nice. Yeah, cool. That's super cool. That makes me really happy, and I'll absolutely allow it with okay. one uh, addendum. They can refill, but it doesn't just happen. They're special, and Fiona has to, like, prepare them and, yeah. and do a thing. Okay. Um, I once ran a 5e campaign where the players woke up in a dead city full of giant ants, and they found uh, a bunch of different, like, ant pheromones. And there were three of them, three different colors of pheromones, and they all did different things. Like, one of them was, you know, to calm, one of them was to anger, and the other was to make them, like, cooperative or something like that. And they just never did, they never even tried, it never occurred to them to figure, they just threw all of them. And and I think the ants had some kind of, like, seizure heart attack party, I don't know. I'm helping you, but I'm not happy about it. Ah. Exactly. Like, also, Heart Attack Party is my new uh, goth dubstep collective. <laughs> sounds like a Panic at the Disco cover. Um, sounds like a Panic at the Disco cover band is my favorite Fallout Boy song. <laughs> okay, um, so that's it for me. I think that's it for Jackie. Yep, that's it for me. Dylan, do you have any uh, ideas? So I thought about um, Solomon Byron as a wizard uh, and kind of what his MO is. And I think of Solomon Byron as a friend. Um, but so the idea that I had was that Solomon Byron is primarily an alchemist more than anything. Um, sure. and so he's got this staff that is a general amplifier for what he does, but 
It's a it, focus. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have any specific, like, um, like Dresden has the, the runes that absorb kinetic energy. Solomon Byron doesn't have that kind of thing. Um, it's, it's just a general string of, of, um, runic characters that act as amplifiers for different types of magic. Um, because it, with, with Solomon Byron's character, it, it doesn't really make sense that he would have that kind of evocation, uh, available right. to him. Because um, he's not an evocator. Right. So. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things that they put down in the book fairly frequently is that Harry is one of the hardest hitting wizards on the planet, sheer yeah. power wise, but that he has almost no, um, precision isn't the word I'm looking for, uh, like su- like subtlety or fine fine ability with that until much much later on. So right. so Solomon is Solomon is more of a fine touch kind of guy. Kind of, but in specifically in the creation of um of potions and mm-hmm. oils and and things like that. Like he Bath he has salts. Exactly. He has he has a head for formulas more than anything mm. else. Um <laughs> Which, which I think is keeping with his character. Um, yeah. But then he's also got it. the, the Warden's Sword. Um, he does. Which has its own dispelling properties. Um, and we talked about having, uh, like a scroll that is, uh, wound around the, the hilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, without getting too specific, cause I haven't really thought about it, I think that's a one-off big thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe we sure. about what that does some some other time because I don't really have a great idea for what it is. But yeah, it's, I'm down. Yeah, so um, there's that, um, which means so in keeping with him as an alchemist, I, like I started thinking about his his apartment where he lives, um, and what I'd like to say is that it's a two bedroom apartment, and the second bedroom is just a big alchemy lab. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will I will allow that on the condition that he has a jaunty wooden sign on his front door that says you are now entering Sala Mongolia. Sure. Yes. <laughs> like the real god, I give my players free will, but it's much more fun to just get them to agree. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I think that's pretty solid as far as Solomon's major preparations. Sure. Um, cool. I'm down. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, right. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. Well, outstanding. Um, Jumping right in to game world. Three days have passed, and if I recall correctly, the plan was to meet up at Magic Beans slash the Magic Bean slash Sean Bean and... Yep. Uh, and corroborate their stop, corroborate, and listen. So, here we are. You guys are in Magic Beans. There is a, uh, a brisk business going. Uh, the place is, the place is seeing a good amount of patronization as word is spreading throughout the several new communities that have become aware of the place. Uh, off in one corner, there is a little kiosk, uh, advertising Karen and Accounting's original figurines. Which uh, appears to be a uh, joint effort by something called uh, the 
Procyonidae and Wild Fae Society, which would seem to be some kind of alliance between the Wee Free Men and uh, Diane's local rodent population. <laughs> yeah, she's behind the... Uh... What's that? I miss Diane. Yeah, she's behind the counter, working hard. Um, she, the counter of the kiosk, of course. She's wearing uh, a little a little apron, and there are all kinds of figurines set up that people can buy if they want. So you guys are there hanging out. What's going on? It's in your hands, I, people. I'm 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 at the the bounty board, seeing if there's anything I can pick up <clears throat> while I'm on this mission. <laughs> oh, uh, fair enough. Um, it's all fairly standard stuff. Um, husband gone missing, you know, walked out on family. And in your years as a in your years as a bounty hunter and mercenary, you've learned to kind of see patterns and what a thing probably is. So if you see, you know, my husband is missing. I don't know what's going on. You're like, oh, he just left his family. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I'm also maybe looking to see if if there's anything. Related to the two people we're, like, tracking, if anybody, say, I don't know, a rival. Right. A rival. Uh, uh, Not only is there not, but if Rowan were inclined to think this way, um, he would notice that there actually don't seem to be any notices or any jobs in the general... Well, not not necessarily of a magical nature, but in the vicinity of those two places, of the school or the the That's quarry. Weird. That that yeah, those those appear to be kind of dead zones for magical activity lately. Okay, I, I keep a note of that. Fair enough. Other than that, yeah, Mister Monday's a little quiet. There, there's not nothing going on in town, but certainly well, nothing like the Wednesday. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I get my standard order from the I think Magic it's Bean. Thursday. What is what is your standard order from the Magic Bean? Uh it is the largest coffee they are legally allowed to sell me with nothing in it. Black coffee. Yep. PF Chang, what's the uh what's the largest coffee you can give a brother? Um it's slightly <laughs> less than a gallon bucket. Nice. All right. Um, I actually, I actually regularly say when I go places and I order a beverage, I say I would like the largest Dr. Pepper the law will allow you to sell me. There you go. In case there's something above large that they're not advertising, there are secret menus. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. so no wonder you're, never mind. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a punch burger, Casey, it's a punch burger child size cup. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Dylan, you, were, you uh, Dylan, you were you were making a joke either about my uh, my weight or my crippling caffeine addiction. I was gonna say it's no wonder you're pre-diabetic, but you know. There we go. I am not pre-diabetic. <laughs> um, he says drinking what I'm assuming is some sort of soda. It looks pretty large. <laughs> it's dietetic Coca-Cola. It's fine. Diabetic Coca-Cola is not better for you. Um, it's it's less. It's okay. Look. <laughs> So I get my coffee. <laughs> this is not if this is not the intervention podcast. So, oh, so I get, add I, that to the list. I get my <laughs> the intervention podcast. So I get my coffee uh, and I go over to the uh, the regular table sure. uh, and I wait for Rowan to be done looking at the bounty board. Uh, Fiona, it is a busy day here, and you have got uh, customers to serve and or treat brusquely and or ignore completely as the whimsy takes you. 
Um, the fairies, the We Free Men, have actually become super helpful. Uh, they are uncommonly organized and disciplined for for fae folk. Uh, e- each individual fairy is not very good at like big picture stuff, but if you give each of them a single task, they're really good at that thing. So you've got Bicker and Cornflower essentially running like the kitchen and making all the drinks and baking all the baked goods and cleaning up and stuff like that. So if you wanted to uh, hand the counter over to them and go take care of something, you feel fairly confident that the place would not burn down. You feel very confident. confident. Uh, There we go. So yeah, I'm basically just, I'm working, but I'm prepping things to hand over to the fairies for when I have to leave on this mission. Sure, absolutely. And you've uh, the fairies have also, they were really excited to show you this. Hmm, pardon me. Uh, the the three largest fairies can actually get on each other's shoulders and uh, and put an apron over, and they can work a glamour so that they appear to be like a grown human person who can disdainfully work the counter. So, Just a slightly wobbly one. Exactly, yeah. Like, real, like real most old. Starbucks baristas are anyway. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so cool. So what are, you, what, are you, what are you doing? You're getting ready to hand things off to the fairies? Yeah, I'm uh, prepping the coffee presses and things, making sure everything is running as smoothly as possible to cool. um, minimize the chances of things catching on fire. Very good. All right, Cornflower and Bicker are uh, are kind of supervising to the best of their ability, but all the other little whatsises, uh, Hopscotch and she- Sebastian and Plum Hannah and Thistledown and Tartuffe and Dame Cypress, they're all uh, running around doing all their their little tasks and and whatnot. So you are uh, you're good to go. Um, they they hop up and do their little their little glamour whatsis and a disheveled and thoroughly landport landian uh youth appears in their place who speaks with three voices at once but uh says that he is ready to take over for you good deal good deal all right so um rowan in sebastian are not sebastian that's the tiny fairy notary um <laughs> no hopscotch is the notary i'm getting my own i'm getting all my fairies confused um so solomon and rowan are over there waiting for you <clears throat> Uh, I take off my apron and head over. Are you guys ready? When did you get here? She works here. I was working the counter all day. I didn't notice you. She gave you coffee earlier. I thought it was just one of the other annoying fairies that live in My hair is three different colors, and I'm significantly taller than a fairy. Yeah, well, that that guy right over there has three different fairies' worth of hair. (laughs) And there's also three different fairies, so... (laughs) He's significantly taller than a normal fairy. You could be three fairies stuck on top of each other, I don't know. You know what, you don't get any more coffee. I don't have any coffee. Because you drank it all! Yes, so I don't need any more! All right, you two. What did you find out about January? Casey, Casey, what did we find out? Oh, I misunderstood. Okay. Um, I was under the impression that we were meeting at Magic Beans to go on the reconnoitering, not that we had already done so. No, the idea was that that would happen in the three days while we were not recording stuff. Oh, okay. No problem. No problem. No problem. No problem at all. Okay. So, yeah. Um, in your stakeout, 
you learned that January Oleander is a music teacher at Clackamas Middle School. Let me bring up the document there. Yes. Um, the music program there has absolutely exploded. It has taken over an entire wing of the school, including many of the facilities that had previously been used for uh, the sports department. And she has become something of a rock star uh, in the education community in Landportlandia, being as it is very high on uh, the arts in general and music in particular. Um, she... Have you interacted with her personally or just watch from afar? I was watching from afar. Uh, I'm assuming. Wait, so what was it was Jackie and I were tailing her, right? Yeah. What yes. was Dylan doing in these three days? He was speaking. He was speaking with uh, Orion uh, Bailey getting... and and the yes. other. Yeah. Scientists. OK, so uh, my assumption and. Jackie, correct me if I'm wrong. Jackie is more of the I'm going to get in there kind of person. And I'm more of the I am going to observe from afar. So my I probably did surveillance, uh, you know, where she sleeps, where she, you know, I, I followed her around and Jackie was the one who interacted with her. Very so good. Okay. Yeah. Jackie. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. That's a really good two-pronged strategy. Um, okay, so in your observations from afar, you saw that she keeps a fairly regular schedule, um, as most teachers do. You know, they, they're bound to the school day. Um, she's had increased teaching duties as the music program has exploded and taken on more prominence, but she still lives in a uh, modest little walk-up condo sort of thing she still goes to the same uh coffee shop every day not magic beans sadly but she probably just doesn't know it exists and she spends the rest of the day uh teaching and tutoring and indeed often after school um hangs around to help other kids who are interested uh, do, do, does her movements indicate any sort of like is she interacted with administration on a more regular basis than that a teacher would like like does she seem to be more involved with the goings-on of the school than you would expect an art teacher to yeah she has become um a prominent member of the i don't know that school board is the word i'm looking for but it, for whatever whatever organization of influence and power that the teachers and faculty have she's become a much more prominent player in that world since uh since the football program was shut down entirely a space okay. opened up she and well, she stepped in there that's interesting though okay <clears throat> dylan you look like you have something you wanted to say uh, no, I was just curious as to, um, as to, like, because it is summer, um, is she part of summer school programs or is she running the band camp? Like, how is that working? Yes. Um, part of the benefit of being given basically an entire wing of the school was that she has been able to compartmentalize and set up all of these different programs that she's always wanted to get in place. So there is just a, there's like a summer like music day camp like that kids can just come and, and learn about instruments and try out different music things. There is an actual band camp. There's a drum line. There's a marching band set up. Basically, it seems like every every musical program idea she's ever had is is finally coming to fruition, even as Dylan drops things. Yep. And yep. 
And uh, it's all pretty official. They're they're not because school is out for the summer. They aren't able to take this for like class credit and things like that. But they are able to gain competence of cert- uh, certificates of competency and completion that will benefit them come the new school year. They'll be able to say, "Well, I did this over the summer, so I don't have to start at you know drumline one oh one or whatever." Also, this being land Portlandia, there's no reason it wouldn't be a really weird school where you don't get an A, you draw a flower because you were happy that you learned. So the kind of um, the kind of cross uh, compatibility with the experience points they earn there could be very significant. Okay, Tony. Yes. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I thought you had more questions or things to say. No, that was it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so she's she's basically it, no it, no it's all right. She's basically become a rock star in her world um, overnight. But interestingly enough, she doesn't seem to have very many personal interactions. She has a couple of friends, but mostly just hangs out alone uh, at home of a, of an evening. Okay. Um. So. Uh, this is more of a logistical question about how this, what we're doing right now is going to work. Are you going to give us all the information first and then we're going to discuss it, Casey? Or am, or is this like my section, I've learned these things, I'm now going to relay my thoughts about them to my party members? Sure, we, we, can, we can do this uh, however you guys want, honestly. That, um, that sounds fine. Okay, um... So, well, we'll Dylan, lean forward. What is it, Dylan? So it it sounds like um, if January isn't going out to a place, her base of operations is probably in her condo, which doesn't afford her a lot of space. So it doesn't sound like we're talking about an operation as big as what we saw at the Preston Estate. Well, well, it's also possible that if she's running an entire wing of the school, there is some classroom that maybe nobody's allowed in where she's doing what she's doing. Mm. I also think that 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 her involvement in these uh, school board meetings or parent teacher conference, whatever you want, a PTA meetings or whatever these things are, uh, is is. Are the times where she, you know, puts her will, uses her will to influence the the people around her. Yeah. It may be worth noting that in these instances where she is acting from her new place of power, she's always very modest and reasonable, kind of like she can't believe her luck and doesn't want to push it. It's obvious that she's not, like, she's not doing this with, with ill intentions, like uh, the Preston boy was, but you know what she's doing is dangerous. She may right. be more open to your persuasion, uh, Solomon, uh, than uh, the Preston boy was, but we definitely need to stop her before she does any more damage to these people. Yep. All right, uh, Fiona. During your so so, tell me how you how you went about your investigation. By the way, I'm picturing Thonia as you said. I'm picturing like a flashback to you, like a montage of you guys doing this stuff, and yes. then cutting back <laughs> to Magic Beans, where you're all sitting in a you know little triangle talking about stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, so I barge right into the school. Um, <laughs> just kick open a door, shout barge. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I shall barge. <laughs> Tell him Barge Marge sent you. And uh, uh, I start exploring the school as a prospective student. A middle school. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm tall for right. my age. Well, you know, uh, Fiona I has embraced... I wasn't going to be suspicious. Fair. Uh, Fiona has embraced her uh, her fey nature a little bit more than Rowan has, so it wouldn't surprise me if she had some kind of low-level glamour, some kind of fairy dust that she can uh, she can sprinkle and um, and affect things a little bit. So, I'm still cool. as tall, but I look more like a middle schooler. Yeah, and well, and that absolutely happens. I went to a wedding on Friday, and there was a preteen who was taller than I am out there dancing on the floor. It was hilarious. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's absolutely no problem. Okay, the uh, the school itself is all a buzz about the art program. Even a lot of the football players and other sports, um, the, the sports section and program entirely was not shut down, but the football absolutely was. So a lot of the former football players are even very excited about a lot of things like drumline and like marching band. So people are sad that football is gone, but they're also happy that this new thing has has come along. Um, if you were to try and speak with January Oleander herself, that is something we could play out in a scene. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll snoop around and try and find her. Cool. Oh, you don't have to snoop. She's a rock star. Everybody knows okay. where she is. Yeah, she um, she is in the middle of her class on uh, like beginners uh, percussion theory, and there's a bunch of football players who are like, "So you're telling me that by hitting things, I can make music?" <laughs> Why and is Wake Wagner in middle they're, school? They're, they're all they're all related to Punchy McHugh. <laughs> he's yeah, he's absolutely okay. Fine, I'll do it. Do- so you're telling me that by hitting things, I can make music. No, now he just really sounds like he's not Wake Wagner. He's related to Wake Wagner. All right. Um, I need a different football player voice, I guess. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, so there's this really, really basic, like, what is rhythm and how do I do it? In class and percussion and stuff like that. Um, if you wait until it gets out, she's speaking to a couple of students. Uh, there's a, you know, a tall linebacker type who's still wearing his, um, like his, his letterman jacket. And there's a, uh, shorter girl who looks like she's probably like some kind of track and field. Like she looks like a runner, basically. And there are, um, just, just, just some assorted types. So she she kind of wrangles up, finishing speaking with them, and she says, "Well, all right, Justin, all right, Piper, thank you, thank you very much for attending, and you've all made wonderful progress, and I look forward to seeing what beautiful music we can make tomorrow." And they all uh, they all just kind of disperse off to whatever's next. She's gathering up her stuff when she turns and notices you and says, "Oh, oh, oh, hello. What can I do for you?" Uh, I'm a prospective student. Um, can you tell me a little bit about this art program? Oh, absolutely. Well, please, please come in. My name is January. And she holds out her hand. I shake it. Very good. And, uh, play the shy but artistic middle school trope. True. All right. Um, she brings you into the classroom proper and says, well, I imagine that you've been drawn here by the success that my, that our, really, um, program has 
experienced recently. Uh, we've been very fortunate. We've, we've been very blessed to be able to expand this program and help a lot of young people discover the magic of music. And it is a truly, truly magical thing. Um, sure. as you can, as you can see over here, uh, we've received, uh, a number of awards and she, she takes you over to a wall and there's just, there's plaques. And like little trophies and little like crystal pillars and things. There's a, um, there's one that just looks, looks like a prism. And there's one that's like, like a bronzed set of like pan pipes set on a plaque. And there's one that's like a trophy, like a cup sort of thinger. And she says, and those, those are lovely. It's, it's nice to have our, our hard work recognized. But honestly, the, the true beauty of what we do here is that we're showing everyone that music can be a part of absolutely everyone's lives. So whatever, whatever type of music or, or music making you're interested in, we probably have something for you. I'm, I'm sorry. What was your name? This is when I realized I did not give myself a fake name. Sure. Monica uh, she notices. What? <laughs> Dylan, what, what did you say? You say? Moniker Handel. Yep. Yep. Oh, Monica R. Handel. There we go. Roy, if you ever listen to this, that was for you. Um, oh, Monica, well, uh, it's lovely to meet you. She absolutely noticed you hesitate, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Monica, it's lovely to meet you. What, uh, what type of musical education and experience are you interested in? Do you have, do you have much history with music? Um, I've played the accordion. Oh, very good. Oh, that's a lovely instrument. It doesn't get nearly as much recognition as it deserves. It's usually overshadowed by its tinier cousin, the concertina. Well, uh, we have a squeeze-based instrument program coming along nicely. Uh, it's not quite ready to launch yet, as you can imagine. It's, it's a work in progress, but we should have it up and coming by the, by the new school year, which should be not too long now. Fall fall is approaching. So that's absolutely something we could accommodate for you. Awesome. How did you other... go ahead. How did you get this whole uh art program going? It seems like it must have taken a lot of work. I <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I ironically for a great many years, uh I did put in all the work that I could and more, it seemed like. And I, I'm sorry to say that it never quite came to much. Um, the football program was, was very popular and that's where most of the money went. Um, despite that, I was able to put together a couple of programs like our after school at risk, uh, youth music program that met with some success. Um, a short while ago, about, uh, oh, I don't know, four, five months ago, six months ago, there was an incident, and uh, it was decided that it would be better for the school and and everyone involved if we were to take a little break from football. And during that kind moment of, of... I'm sorry? What kind of incident? Oh, that's not something that you would be interested in. It's a bunch of boring, grown-up stuff. Um, but needless to say, there was a reorganization of priorities, and they saw that I had been trying my hardest for many years and been getting pretty good results for what I had available. And they decided that my department was where the money needed to go. So it, it really, it really was a blessing. It really was a magical experience. And I've been, I've been very fortunate in trying to, uh, trying to live up to the good grace I've received. I'm glad to say that the community has been very receptive. I was a little worried that these uh, 
that these players and their families would be resistant to change. But once I told them there was an instrument called the Sackbutt, <laughs> by God, they were back on board. I bet. I did not know there was an instrument called the Sackbutt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's actually fairly popular with football players as instruments go. I can't imagine why. Well, do you have any other questions? Is there anything else I could I could show you? or? Uh, do I notice anything uh, out of the ordinary in the room? Um, it looks like a fairly ordinary classroom as these things go. There are a ton of awards over there, but there's kind of a ton of everything. Uh, it's almost like... It's almost like the school didn't really know how to run a music program before, and mm-hmm. so when they finally got it, they were like, "Okay, give me, give me, give me three of everything." Okay. So there's there's music textbooks, there's instruments that have clearly never even been taken out of their out of their cases. There's uh, teaching aids and materials and desks and seats and all kinds of stuff. So it's just crammed with everything. Um, are you looking for any sort of thing in particular? Um, and any sort of magical residue or something, particularly on the trophies, maybe? Sure. Um, if you use your, your fairy, but well, yeah, you probably don't have to use them. You're more fae kind of just on a regular basis than, than the other guys are. So I'll, I'll say that your eyes are kind of tuned for it. Um, if you, if you decide to look at the world that way, um, January Oleander does definitely have kind of an aura around her that kind of, kind of tingles a little bit. And that does seem to have extended to things with which she has interacted or things, you know, that she's touched or spent a lot of time with. And the awards over there, uh, definitely definitely reek particularly of this this aura around her um okay i don't think i have any more questions for her so we can return to the magic bean very good uh one thing the whole time she was very pleasant and seemed and seemed very genuine but there was also like a tension underneath like um like she wasn't forcing anything but she is she is clearly going through something underneath and and you picked up on that what it might be related to who knows but is it similar at all to the weird kind of tension that um mrs preston had uh ramona preston um n- oh you mean like because she was all mind controlled yeah oh no no not okay. like that at all no this 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 seemed to be purely like emotional Okay. Okay, well, uh, it was lovely to meet you, Miss Monica, and uh, you can speak to admissions. Um, slots are filling up quickly, but fortunately, as you can see, we've got this entire wing here. My goodness. And as she says that, she just kind of stares off. Um, it's it's just been it's been such an experience, something I've been searching for my entire life. And um, yeah, it's just been wonderful. And the the student who was in there earlier two of them actually the the football type and the the runner type poke their heads in and and say well, come on come on miss uh come on miss miss january we got a we got a sock hop to attend and we need you to mc and he says all right justin all right piper i'll be i'll be along directly and uh she says well if you'll excuse me miss monica i'm i'm needed elsewhere which is such a thing to be uh, and she, of course 
go right yeah, ahead. And she, she shakes your hand again and uh, she says, uh, I hope you'll you'll choose Clackamas Middle School and I look forward to making what music I can with you. And she excuses herself. This, so this is like weird. This we need to know what the football incident was. Yeah. It This, okay. There are several levels of conflicting happening right now. Like what? Who was that? That was me. Okay. Uh, well, so on the one hand, something has happened. January Oleander is connected with Theodore Preston and the the mind invasion, and that likely means some kind of dark magic, which is, I would imagine, the uh, the spark that caused the incident with football, whatever that was. Yeah. But the rest of this sounds like politicking, if we're to believe her, and she didn't seem to be impressing anything upon you. Granted, you would have been a prospective student, so I'm not sure there would have been much reason to. But this is... It seems January Oleander has a much more subtle hand than Theodore Preston did. And so it's going to be difficult to tell whether the shift in funding is the direct result of actual mind control or... If she set off the incident with football and then leveraged it in a completely uh, magicless way. Um, I'm going to talk to my contacts and see if they can give me any insight into what happened. Okay. I'm um, just going to check the newspapers. And by contacts, I mean everybody's favorite accountants. <laughs> the <laughs> Not Karen. Aww. Uh, checking the, the newspapers is a good route to take. Um, I wonder if I know anybody on the school board at Clackamas. Um, that's, that's, re- that's reasonable. Like, if, if Solomon's a lifelong Landport Landier, then, uh, it's, it's reasonable to assume he'd have those connections. Yeah, I'll have to go through my Rolodex and make some calls. Well, well sure. let's, 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 let's. Do you have an actual sim- Rolodex? Of course. <laughs> Let's simplify this and just have you call the school board and see if we can get something from that. Because that would be the most accurate information. Uh, <laughs> Hello? Get me the school board! <laughs> uh, like I said, I will I will find out who I know and set up some kind of... I could probably take them out for coffee, I guess. Um, meantime, this is... Uh, I, I hesitate to bring January Oleander against the full force of the White Council. My capacity as a warden means that I need to sort out what what laws of magic she's broken, if any, but she is a force for good in the community. That is unquestionable. I I agree, but but it is very clear that whatever force that the, the Preston boy was using uh, she is also involved with this. Whether or not she's a force for good in the community, the person pulling her strings definitely doesn't have good intentions. That's true. We cannot I take think what a... what means is that we need to leave her as much out of this as we can and try and figure out who is pulling the strings. We cannot take a direct route like we did with the Preston boy. If... But at the same time, like, what she's doing is dangerous no matter what. Like, like we have to nip that in the bud. No, Like, like 
or else people are like you know as a wizard like there is no such thing as good mind control like even the best intentions can use uh, leave a person comatose because some things were played with that shouldn't have been played with absolutely it is a dark dark road still simply dooming her to death seems we're not going to do that there there must be some other way you always find a way except with the preston boy well, he killed himself. I really sincerely hope that this does not end the same. And that's what we're trying to avoid, Rowan. You guys are trying to avoid. <laughs> and being that you're on my payroll, you had better as well. I'm not going to kill anybody that I don't need to kill. But I'm also saying we need to stop her before innocent people die, as opposed to the person who should die because they're... Messing with people's minds. The first order of business, I think, is figuring out what this incident with the football was. And then we can Hopefully decide... That'll lead us in the right direction. Yes, and then we can decide how to handle January Oleander herself. I agree. Okay. Very good. So Solomon is going to call the school board. Rowan is going to uh, have a chat with Johnny Vampire. And uh, P.F. Chang is going to... have a coffee and read the newspaper. There you go. There you go. Um, well, it being the current day, <laughs> um, and as, as January said, the incident took place about six months ago A.D., so you're not just going to have that newspaper lying around. I was thinking the newspaper stand can be horrifically out of date, but that's up to you, too. Damn it! That's... Yes! <laughs> Yay! I love that. That's perfect. She goes to it. Oh, look, there it is. There's like yep. a newspaper from like 1973. Well, we can and... we can also say that since Fiona has an approximate knowledge of most things, she knows like she has a stack of newspapers in the bag, and she knows approximately where the newspaper from that specific date is. Because she's been meaning to start a compost pile and just hasn't gotten around to it. Yep. Okay. I'll allow it. It makes me happy. The compost pile for the uh, bean farm that she has on the roof of Magic Beans. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Bean farm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyway. Um, okay, so yeah, you've got all these newspapers, and it takes you uh, a little while to sort through them, but eventually you get uh, about where you think she was talking about. Well, and, and moreover, like I, I don't imagine Fiona cares too terribly much about football, but she she does remember there being a really big kerfuffle about the program being shut down, kind of out of nowhere, uh, and there there was. Yeah, you find in in the in the Landport Landia. Um, I read it before it was cool. I don't know. I need need a catchier title for the newspaper. Anyway, uh, you you do find um, it's not like front page or anything, but there's there's a pretty big article on the uh the football team being shut down. It doesn't go into specifics. But it does say that the administration, not the administration, but like the people running the football team, the coaches and the things, uh, were implicated in some pretty serious crimes. And, uh, that while the school board was declining to comment and did not believe that the crimes had anything to do with the football or with anything in particular, or just like, we don't know what's happening, we're just shutting it down because we're scared and we don't want to get sued. Uh, that kind of thing. 
So they declined to comment, but said that they were very sad. Um, no, that's the opposite of declining to comment. <laughs> they, um, yeah, they did release a press release shortly thereafer saying that while they were sad that the uh, Clackamas Middle School's football days had come to an end, uh, they were very excited to reallocate that funding to January Oleander's uh, widely successful uh, music program and see what she could bring to the scene. So basically, type. I mean, type copy. Nothing. No, no real information. Just <laughs> insinuations. Dylan, you've leaned forward to say something like three times. Uh, do my contacts on the school board have any further information for me? Um, yeah, you ring one guy up, and, uh, his name is Bartleby. And, uh, Bartleby picks is up... Is a Scribner. He is the Herman Melville reference! <laughs> um, he picks up and says, Hello, thank you for calling, this is Bartleby, how can I help you? Hey there, Bartleby. Uh, it's Solomon. Solomon Byron? Yes, hello. Well, I haven't spoken to you in far too long. How are you, boy? I've been, well, very busy recently. You always did like to keep busy. Never saw you standing idle. Yeah. So, uh, I've been looking into, uh, the recent changes in the, uh, school environments around, um, around Portlandia. Mm Mm-hmm. And one thing caught my eye around the Clackamas area. Mm-hmm. Around six months ago, there was an incident um, regarding some football coaches. Yes. Do you know anything about that? The newspapers didn't really report much. <laughs> now, nah, can't imagine they would have. Well, and you hear like a like a clack clack clatter like an old-fashioned telephone cord mm-hmm. you remember when phones had cords yep i'm um, using one right now go and go and scribble de scrabble on there solomon can you if i if i were to if i were to tell you something would you be able to sort of keep it under your hat of course all right we we fought as hard as we possibly could to keep this out of the um out of the papers and uh, things 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 leaked and we still to this day we we don't know uh exactly what happened Mm -hmm. it came to our attention uh via the courtesy of an anonymous uh letter it was more than a letter it was there was a letter there was videotape there were emails and text messages it was honestly a shockingly thorough multimedia presentation it came to our attention that the coach and his assistant coaches and the other football-related staff were using their funding and so using taxpayer money for a frankly staggering array of illegal activities. Uh, there was gambling involved. There was talk of throwing games involved. Mm-hmm. There was talk of procuring uh, drugs and alcohol, and prostitutes for underage players. Really? Yeah. It was pretty damning stuff. Naturally, once we, the board, uh, caught wind of this, we put a pause on everything. We we shut it down immediately. We alerted the authorities, as was only correct. And after the coach, 
was 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 secreted away. Um, we were we were going to press charges. We were going to make it very public as an example that this sort of thing will not be tolerated in our town. Mm-hmm. That these are good, clean, honest people, and that we take our sports and our youth seriously. But before the legal proceedings could really begin, the uh, heat chokes up just a little bit. The coach was killed in a riot in in the jail. Really? And at, and at that point, we just decided that there was no benefit to anyone to make a big, messy spectacle of things and that he should be remembered as he mostly lived, which was a man who brought many young people uh, glory and honor and did a great service for this community. Before this incident, was there any indication that this was going on? No, never. He'd always had an absolutely an absolutely upstanding record, and all of the players uh, feigned cluelessness. All of them said, no, they they'd never had any such thing happened. Uh, we wanted to do drug and alcohol tests, but they're minors. We, can, we can't order that. That's that's not a legal thing we can do. Sure. And we have proof. We have emails. We have footage of substances being dropped off, of people being taken places, and it's it's it seems pretty irrefutable. We've had what technologically minded people we can take a look at it, and it seems to be genuine from all accounts. So the investigation was fairly thorough. It was as thorough as we could manage in the short time we had before the coach met his end in the jail. Yes, in the prison. I don't know the proper terms. Forgive me. I see. Well, that's quite disturbing. Uh, but some good has come out of it. I mean, January Oleander's programs have expanded immensely. His voice immediately is filled with light. That woman, let me tell you, Solomon, you're a supporter of the arts and all that frou-frou crap. You'll appreciate this. That woman for years has labored under the delusion that one day she was going to be the biggest teacher on the scene, that her after-school music whatever uh, has, you know, for little, little, I, I mean, Solomon, let's be, I mean, just between teachers, street rats, you uh-huh. know, her, her little program for street rats was going to make a difference. And she did everything she could with that little one room schoolhouse they gave her. But, uh, yeah, ever, ever since they gave that money to her, which I didn't vote for, but I didn't vote against, um, she has absolutely exploded. And I now see the value of music as something besides, you know, just a way to introduce football players. I see. And so the uh, the general opinions around the school have changed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was it was a jarring experience, as you can imagine. We tried to keep the students as in the dark as possible. Um, so th- there was a little bit of transitional trouble when there was no more football and suddenly music was basically music is now the main export of the school. But once that sort of re equilibriumed itself, uh, things are better than they've ever been. Our overall grades and test scores are much higher. Our graduation rate looks to be higher than it's ever been. Huh? Well, that's, it's a tragedy that led to something beautiful, I suppose. And, And from that, we draw what comfort we can. We try not to think of what happened, but focus on what can happen now. Well, thank you for your time, Bartleby. That, my pleasure, Solomon. And that stuff, it's not secret, you know. I mean, it's its out there. It happened. Yeah. But we don't try to spread it around. Coach, Coach uh, Shaughnessy 
was to all appearances a good man and he helped a great many children and that's how we prefer to remember him hmm well um that's for the best there's no use speaking ill of the dead right no no that that and don't bring any good to nobody well solomon uh, i have a class to teach in about 10 minutes so i'll see you uh down at the place sometime yeah absolutely all I'll right. talk to you later. Well, it was a pleasure, Solomon. Bye-bye. Um, all right. So I return to Rowan and Fiona. Um, and to the two of you, I say, well, it seems like this is going to take some more digging into. Uh, did you relay, like, everything you told us? No. This is the start of the conversation, Is so it looks like this is going to take more looking into. Oh, sorry. Like, what's going on? So it sounds like this incident was fairly incontrovertibly um, the real actions of someone acting extremely out of character. So we're thinking more mind control? Possibly. But given the level of, uh, of, of evidence available to the police before the investigation and... Given the number of people involved, this must have started more than a year ago, and it has to have been done with a very subtle hand. Well, sorry, was someone going to say something? Unfortunately, the uh, the one person we may have been able to talk to regarding the charges is now deceased. Well, not necessarily. Um... They were doing a lot of illegal stuff, right? Yes. Well, they had to get the illegal stuff from somewhere. Uh, I can talk to my contacts, see if if they are aware of who he was dealing with. The trouble um, isn't who he was dealing with or whether or not it happened. We know that it did. There's hard evidence that it did. The trouble is whether or not this was mind control. That's oh, I know. that's the relevant point to us, and talking to street contacts, talking to drug dealers, isn't going to help determine that. Yeah, but talking to a an accountant who, uh, for all intents and purposes, is like us, uh, who has his fingers in pretty much every illegal organization in uh, the land Portlandia area. Uh, he might be able to uh, parse something unusual if there is something unusual in the behaviors this person was if having. You can, if you think you can get something out of Johnny Vampire, go for it. From downtown, I'm Johnny Vampire! <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my feeling is that, that uh, there, there are certain telltale signs... Especially if you're you're spending money, especially for someone who was upstanding and isn't upstanding, uh, that that I mean everything is going to be uh, hearsay because we can't have 100% definitive proof he was mind controlled. But you know, uh, like the like the the Preston's mother uh, who had ticks and stuff like that, if. If any of these drug dealers were like, yeah, the guy was acting kind of funny when when he went to go buy this stuff, we at least have uh, more of a lead into what this really is. 
the they're drug dealers. All their clientele are acting funny. Yeah, but sometimes they. What if they act more funny than other? What if what if the person is not acting funny at all, which is out of character for a drug user? Not necessarily, and that's that's the troubling thing, is that this was done so carefully. Finding hard evidence is not going to be easy. The best thing we could do is catch January in the act, but that doesn't seem like it's a possibility anymore. She has what she wanted. Whatever is going on between the Preston boy, January, and Joel Heck, we may have ended the day the Preston boy died if they were incontrovertibly linked uh, in regards to the genus loci and whatever is out in the Clackamas area and around the quarry. Whatever bigger thing is going on, somebody out there is going to try to find a way to make it happen anyway. So maybe we shift our focus. Maybe we need to keep an eye on the Milwaukee Heights area and see if anybody is making any moves there. To clean up? Well, I do have a I do have a bug still at the Preston Estates uh, that we haven't looked at yet. That could give us some the Preston knowledge es- about... The Preston Estates are empty of anything of value anymore. The Preston boy is gone, the ring is destroyed, and whatever artifact was beneath the symbol that still bewilders me is now in the hands of whatever greater power is at work. Yes, we know that, but whoever is pulling those strings may not necessarily know. And his workshop was still intact. You never, like, dismantled that... Uh, and that's evidence. He may want to get rid of it. I mean, he he may come back to see if he can get something that he doesn't know that we have. If All there right. is something. Check your video feeds. Um, see what you can get out of Johnny Vampire. Johnny Vampire! <laughs> Fiona, do you have any ideas? I'm trying to think of a way we could ruffle some feathers around the middle school. See if maybe we could goad her into some kind of action. Establish opposition. Yeah. Hmm. What if her project was threatened in some way? Not seriously, but... I wonder if I could get a meeting with the mayor. I'm sure you could. Boy, this is going to be fun. That might be good. All right. Um, Rowan, if you want, we can also say that you you did have a very uh a very brief call with with Johnny Vampire not the one you were just talking about but like you know once you figured out what you were going to be staking out and all that uh-huh. um just about you know if Johnny had had any time to to look into her or to see if there there if there were any shifty goings on right um go ahead like i asked him that right like did i did i ask him that last time i was there I haven't gotten the last episode, so I don't remember what I actually told him. That's fair. He had some general stuff, but we can we can say that um, much like these two goons did some information finding, you did have a brief conversation with with Johnny Vampire, uh, not about well because you obviously you didn't know about you know the drugs and the crime and all that, but about January. So we can um, we can play that out briefly if you like. Uh, yeah, if if you think it's relevant to what we're cool. trying, to yeah, do right. could be important. Let's find out, and then I think we'll have to wrap up the episode. Dylan, is that what you're trying to tell me? Uh, no, there's one one other thing. Okay, cool. Um, we'll have one more conversation with Johnny Vampire, and then we'll see what that one other thing is. Will that keep for a minute? Yeah, cool.
Okay. So, bring, 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 bring. Hello, you have reached the dark, the dark womb of accountancy. You are currently speaking with Johnny Vampire. How Johnny. can I help you today? It's Rowan again. Rowan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm very well. Mother and I, we went to see a production of Cats the other day. It was fantastic. That's awesome. You know, the Lamportlandia has a very good theater scene. It's very vibrant. I don't appreciate their portrayal of vampires. It's stereotypical. But still, you can't have everything. Anyway, uh, I'm wondering if you have any more information on uh, January Oleander. January Oleander, January Oleander. Yes, yes, I did, Rowan. I did a little digging, and I wasn't able to access everything. Those school mainframes have some surprisingly sophisticated defenses. But I can tell you that there was... You know about the influx of money to the music program, right? Absolutely. I told you about that. Okay. Well, what I did learn that I didn't know before was that it looks like right before that happened... Like a week beforehand, her music program was about to be shut down. Of course it was. Like completely. There just there was no money left because they were giving two, three times her annual budget to the football team. Did she you probably wouldn't know, but do you know if she had any kind of outbursts, anger? Did she complain to any of the administration did she did she she exhibit any sign if she made any kind of plea impassioned or otherwise it didn't make it into their excel spreadsheet okay yeah i don't think it would (laughs) anyway you'd be surprised uh, you'd be surprised what ends up in there rowan but still okay well you've been a lot of help johnny thank you very much it's my pleasure i've been johnny vampire all right so uh dylan what was the third thing so the other thing is um Whatever Orion and I devised. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yes, you went to the Westfield Carter, and you spoke with Orion Bailey, and he introduced you, he brought you back into the lab, to the R&D section, and uh, he introduced you, actually, to a gentleman who is named, I've got it right here, I just need to find where I wrote it, yeah, okay. He brought you back. He said, Solomon, Solomon, it's always good to see you. It's always good to see you, and I'm glad you're here. I've been really excited about this project. Now, I want to introduce you to a young arcano scientist who's been doing a lot of really exciting work with me. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, head, I'm the head arcano scientist here, of course, but I can't oversee everything. You know, I got I to gotta keep this place running. So he's yeah. kind of my head research guy. He's actually the co-creator of the Go There Circle that you guys used earlier. And, Still need a better uh, name for that. Well, we're working on that, and uh, he actually was the one who created the speakeasies that we're now using. Oh, neat. Yeah, uh, his name is Desmond Yonwood, and I'll introduce you here. And he, he shows you over to a um, a, source, a sort of uh, gangly, uh, thin man who's working feverishly on some mechanical contraption. And he says... Desmond, I'd like to introduce you to Warden Byron. He's been making use of a great many of your uh, advances. And you were there the day we put him through the go there circle. And he turns and says, oh, 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 yes. Uh, yes, yes, I was. I, I, I saw I, I, I was one of the one of the one of the ones who who was there when you went through. It was it was a great it was a great honor. Uh, Warden, Warden Byron, thank you for for all your help in testing my equipment. And he hold, holds out his hand, which is absolutely covered in notes. Uh, I shake his hand. 
uh, and I say, thank you for producing such useful equipment. Well, it's, 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 it's a real pleasure. Um, I, I haven't always been able to work in, in an official capacity like this. And it's, it's really nice to be able to, uh, work on the things that interest me without it being huh, a danger to my life. <laughs> and he, he kind of looks over at Orion and says, yes, yes, uh, yes, Desmond. It's, it's really good to have you on the payroll, finally. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you boys to it. Uh, I've got some stuff to oversee. Great. So he, he excuses himself. Desmond turns to you. Warden, what can I, what can I, what can I, what can I help you with, Warden? We... How's the speakeasy? Uh, it's working great so far. Um, <laughs> Rowan pipes up. I like it. <laughs> why, uh, you know, th- the stylish flair of calibrating it with a high five, I appreciate, because it's at least not naming it the go there circle, but, you know, some professionalism in the future might go, uh, might not go amiss. Well, Warden, I, th- I think it's entirely, I think it's entirely possible to high five in a professional manner. All right. Anyway. That's how they do it in France. Uh, interesting. I've never been to France, so I cannot comment. Well, so, we've, got the, we've, got the, we've got the go there circle, so you could go to France anytime you like. The um, reason I'm here today. Sure. I'm heading a task force that's dealing with uh, some people embroiled in what what amounts to mind control. So, sure. Uh, I'd yeah, like... I've heard a little bit about that. There's been some scuttlebutt. Yeah, so I'd like to uh, develop something that can help with uh defending against that and hmm. being a being an alchemist wondering if we can make it some kind of potion hmm well that's 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 an inter- that's an interesting proposition warden byron uh let me let me let me let me see here and he opens up a drawer of his desk and you see that this drawer is actually like a file cabinet for notebooks mm-hmm. that they're all carefully carefully labeled and organized and he rifles through them, uh, pulls one out, and he says, "Okay, Warden By- Warden Byron, how much do you actually know about the mechanics of magical mind control?" Uh, not a ton. Okay, all right. I'll try to keep this. I'll try to keep this fairly basic. Um, so you have a mind, and 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 I have a mind. Theoretically. The- theoretically, in theory, in theory, in theory, in theory, we've actually come across some really interesting things that don't have minds. You'd be surprised. Huh. Um, so I'm trying to think how to explain this, Warden Byron. Our minds are all kind of the same thing. Um, they're all kind of one mind, one kind of overmind that are sep- separated in our heads by something about being an individual person. We're, we're looking into it. We don't know if it's related to the soul or just being trapped in gray meat or what. But if you wanted to, if you wanted to, if you wanted to picture it this way, think of, think of, Think of being in a pool, and if the pool was full of water balloons that were also full of that same pool water but had been tied off. Okay. So there's something that separates human minds from each other. Uh-huh. Um, we, we call them AT fields, and most methods of mind control involve breaking through that barrier. Okay. So the barrier is pretty is actually pretty permeable on a couple of levels. Um, people who have strong emotional connections, uh, events that are particularly powerful and travel through the mental or emotional ether, uh, whatever whatever it is you want to call it, it's some it's some kind of field 
along which some kind of stimulus can travel. Because ask a mother, literally any mother, Warden Byron, literally any mother uh-huh. will tell you will tell you that they had a moment when they just knew something was wrong, when they just knew their child was in trouble that they could not possibly have known, and they were correct. Okay. Or or look at great look at great world shaking events. The morning of nine eleven, hundreds of people reported waking up crying for absolutely no reason before they knew anything was going on. So there is some way to permeate the barrier between one mind and another, and that is the basis on which most mind control works. So if we are to prevent your mind from being broken into, we would need to change something about the frequency of the barrier surrounding your mind. Uh-huh. Are you opposed to that, Warden Byron? <laughs> you know... Yes. Yeah, uh, oh, that sounds... You know what? Let's, let's give it a shot. No science ever Rock happened without that phrase. Rock and roll. <laughs> All right, so Warden Byron... What I'm gonna do here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay. And he, he clears off a station and begins to put together, uh, an alchemical circle. Mm-hmm. And, and in the middle is a, uh, like a, like a, like a dewer flask of, um, of water. Mm-hmm. It says, okay, since this potion is primarily focused on the mind, that's the major stimulus we're going to need. But I think, that I can charge the water positively with the correct vibration, and he he reaches over and grabs some ingredients. Um, I'll add in a little bit of thoughtful discourse, and he he opens up a jar and dumps it in there, and you just hear um you, you just hear little phrases like oh I never thought of it that way or oh my god <laughs> no what an interesting way to look at the world. Because that's really good at changing minds, changing minds. So we'll put some thoughtful discourse in there, and we'll put in some uh, experience because that really helps you know people change who they are and what they think of the way they're doing it. So he he just goes around and reaches for a bunch of ingredients that have to do with the mind and how it works and how it grows. Okay, now I'm going to seal the potion, Warden Byron. And unfortunately, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Practicing mind control magic for any reason is obviously an instant death sentence. Um, so we'll have no, we'll have no, we'll have no real way to test this. Well, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's gonna not, be a gamble. It's gonna not be yet, a, anyway. It's gonna be a gamble. Not yet. Not yet, anyway. And, uh, I myself am currently on, currently on magic probation. Anyway, so, uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> extra double. I'm extra super double, not gonna take that chance. Yeah. So, what I can do, he um he he closes closes the alchemical circle with all of its diagrams and all of its ingredients and um and he 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 takes his finger and he makes a gun shape and he <laughs> places it uh tip down on the line of uh, of the chalk circle and he just goes and you you feel the energy uh that had been building just go like zoom snap through the whole thing mm-hmm. and the potion instantly uh takes on a shimmering uh blue like a really clear sky blue tint and it bubbles a little bit now warden byron warden byron what i can tell you is that even if this doesn't work exactly as we intended i can probably almost kind of maybe promise that i think it won't do anything bad if it doesn't work great i mean that's better than no promise at all i guess that's 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 an arcano scientician's promise sir that's all i can do Thanks. You're welcome. Um, so, what's your deal? 
We're, you know what? We can get into it later. Um, sure. We'll we'll have a I'll meet you in the cantina sometime. We'll have a uh, we'll have a we'll have a we'll have a we'll have a beverage and we'll talk about stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna go. I got a meeting this afternoon in a coffee shop. Sure. Yeah. So. I've got a schedule. Yeah. Um. Thank you for your help. And I'll oh, let you know yeah, how it goes. Yes, my pleasure. Please take as many take as many notes as possible. Absolutely. I would love I would love reports on your experiences with the Go There Circle and 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 the speakeasies. And uh, please, just I need data. Great. I will form those reports for you as soon as we are not in the middle of what could be the biggest uh, magical uh, disruption this side of the Willamette. Oh my god, oh my god, that's going to yield so much data. It, yeah, yeah it is. I'm real excited for that. Great. Alright. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you, Warden Byron. I'm going to get back to uh, fiddling around with the fundamental the fundamental forces of nature over here. Yeah, you have fun. Don't break anything. I'm going to break, I'm going to, well, I mean, oh, I'm going to break as many things as I can without breaking my probation. How's that? Great, sounds good. Cool, cool, cool. Alright, bye. And he goes back to work. <laughs> he goes back to work. Um, back to the magic bean. <laughs> Uh, I then produce um, three uh, small water bottles um, with this liquid in them. And I hand one uh, each to Fiona and Rowan and say, All right, this probably is going to help if you run afoul of somebody trying to invade your mind. So before that happens, maybe give this a chug. Wait, probably? Uh, Listen, it's... What's it taste like? Oh my god. I haven't tasted it. And there is no guarantee in this line of work, especially when we're dealing with trying to defend against something that we can't actually uh, test. So, uh-huh. it's not going to hurt you, at the very least. How do you know it's not going to hurt me? <laughs> because I am an accomplished alchemist and don't make dangerous potions. I, did you actually make this? Listen, I made those two. <laughs> Wait, you 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 made two out of the three. Yes, and I'm keeping the one the... I didn't make. So you're you replicated a potion. You have no idea if it works. No idea if it'll actually poison me. Have no idea if it'll work on the physiology of 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 fey creatures. Oh, and... you're half human. You'll be fine. Just what only do... drink it with your human half. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it works. Now. Like you had a stroke. Just one half of your face. <laughs> <laughs> I took some third eye and then down that. Oh my god. Do you actually? No, I mean, like, not right now, but okay. like, that was a okay. joke. Alright. You know, don't drink it if it really scares you that much. I'm trying to be helpful. We're not doing a very good job at it. I'm doing a great job. Alright. <laughs> We've got a working plan, sort of. Mayor, uh, Johnny Vampire, uh, that other thing you said, and whatever Fiona's gonna do. Sounds good, I guess. Great. I guess All it's right. time to split the party. Again. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> okay. So, we... for, 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 for the DM's benefit, what's, um, what, what exactly are you guys off to do? Meet with the mayor. Uh... What's up? Meet with the mayor. Okay. Solomon is meeting with the mayor. I am going to go around to my underworld contacts uh see if anything is yielded from like their interactions like if they've noticed anything strange about him sure. oh 
no, I need to tell these guys that that uh, that at the same time that this scandal happened, uh, she had lost all the funding to her program. Oh yeah, which you guys know that kapow, hooray! Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm so I'm gonna go around to my underworld contacts and see what I can find. Okay. Uh, if anything. P.F. Chang? Uh, I'm probably going to go with Solomon and help try and um, sabotage the art program a little bit and see if we can't spark a reaction out of January or whoever sure. is patrolling her. But, uh, sabotage art program. Okay, outstanding. Da, that da, da, like nothing that Fiona would ever actually do. No, but, but uh, this it's the proper circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that sounds like a great plan for us to pick up on next time. Uh, thank you, all my listener buddies, for sticking with us through this extra long episode. It was extra long because we had extra fun. It was great. Yeah. We hope you had extra fun. Um, be sure to tune in next time. You can follow us at Semi-Automagi on Twitter, where we update uh, and talk to people if they want to talk to us. You can find us on Facebook, and you can find us on the Tumble Space, and all kinds of places. So we'd love to hear from you. And thank you for listening. And who else has anything to say? Uh, there will be a Reddit, but the Reddit will be existing before this episode uh, is released. So yes. like us, uh, like this post on Reddit. Uh, probably going to be in the Dresden Files subreddit. More likes we get, the more likely more people can see. So everybody, upvote, upvote, engage with our social media. Oh. Um. Yeah, we're we're really we're really active on on Twitter and Facebook. We reply, so if you guys want to talk to us on there, talk to us. We have we have some vocal fans, and we'd love to hear from some more. Uh, thank you, Casey, as always. Oh well, of course. Thank you, guys. I've this has been an excuse to create uh, a, a story that I'm real excited about. I don't know if it's any good, but I'm having fun putting it together. I'm having fun and exploring it. So. Yeah. Seeing the way you guys do things and the way you interpret what's going on and the things that you think and say that I would ne- uh, just the it's it's amazing and watching you guys do it is uh, a privilege and a lot of fun and this is why I love running games. So thank you guys. Let's All right. See. Uh we'll oh, be back again I'm, I'm, in I'm updating I'm updating my character file for Desmond Yonwood and most of them most of them have a voice descriptor like, uh, let's see here. Like, for for example, uh, Cornflower's voice is a lighter, liltier, more childish Violet Baudelaire. And, yeah. uh, so, and, uh, and Bicker's is The Bicker, which is Jib Janine plus Daffy Duck. Um, but for Desmond Yonwood, I just have voice, uh, Stutter Mutter McQueen. <laughs> not, not a real person, but now I kind of want him to be. Uh, he's, he's Sketchy Dave's best friend. Um... Exactly. You guys got to meet the brothers Dave sometime. Sometime. All right. Uh, thank you, uh, all our listener friends. We'll be back again in two weeks' time. Yep. Bye. Bye, all our buddies. We're Johnny Vampire.